0: I knew that it could go somewhere else. There was lots of ideas that could have come about, but I didn't want to do it. But I always figured I had taken it to the level, and Gary and I had taken it to the level that we had it and somebody else would have to go further mm-hmm. than us.
1: Welcome to East Idaho Entrepreneurs Podcast, inspiring stories from local people
0: and businesses you likely already know and trust. Here is your host, third-generation
1: family business entrepreneur, Renee Oswald.
2: Welcome to another episode of East Idaho Entrepreneurs. I'm so glad to have you joining this episode. I hope you're finding value in these interviews as we get to know local entrepreneurs and business owners and bring their stories to life. Today I have the privilege of interviewing the Nighting family. They own Garden Gate Nursery in Rigby. And I have Gary and Prudy Knighting and their son Alan Knighting here. So welcome guys. Thank you for being with here with me today. I feel so privileged to have you.
0: Thank you. Thanks good to for be having here. us.
2: Yeah, good. Good, good. So, for those of people who might not know, maybe Prudy, could you tell us a little bit about what Garden Gate Nursery is and how Why is it in Rigby? Kind of tell us a little bit about that story.
0: Okay, a little bit of background about the Garden Gate Nursery. Actually, we owned it for 22 years and this spring we just sold it to Alan and Krista. So now it is officially theirs. But it was an interesting little bit of background. I always started my own flowers, my own seeds in my living room window. And I would go up to Garden Gate Nursery and buy things, and I'd say, why is yours so much better than mine? (laughs) And they would say, it's because of your dirt. You need to get some good dirt. So I started buying their dirt. And so uh, on this particular occasion, I went up to the Garden Gate Nursery. I bought a great big bag of their, their dirt again. But the owner happened to say to me at that time, you wouldn't want to buy a nursery, would you? Well, that kind of floored me a little bit, and I thought, well, uh, kind of gulped and said, well, maybe, and I went home, and I told my husband, and he just, he was in shock. He he just says, oh, I'm not sure this is something we want to do.
2: Yeah, did, like, did you see that coming at all? What were you doing? Were you doing
0: anything at home other than just growing your own stuff? You know, I was on a part-time basis. I uh, One year, I grew 1,500 status plants. I had a dried flower business when drieds were hot. I remember when statuses were, yeah, I need to dry they right them. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And uh, so I just had kind of developed out of my home. I'd go to, to places and sell and they'd say, well, what else do you have? So I started brokering a little bit and I would sell down through, I, I would actually take a, a car full of flowers and hit all the green, uh, the nurseries, not nurseries but the floral places. Right. And sell. And Gary could see I was making a little money doing it. So (laughs) I think that's why he contemplated this a little bit more. He
2: didn't just blow you off. He said,
0: hey, let's think about this. Yeah, that's right.
2: Okay. So tell me how that came about then. You guys
0: went ahead and bought it. So who had it before you, may I ask? Uh, Marianne Hoffman and her husband and she loved the nursery, but they were in the process of divorcing. Oh. She had two other jobs, and she just couldn't handle it all.
2: And is that who started Garden Gate in Rigby then? No,
0: the one that started Garden Gate was Joyce Poulsen.
2: Okay, and, and that was
0: right before her? That was before Mary Ann. Okay. And she had it for several years. She started it back in about 1968. Oh, my
2: goodness. I so had no it's idea. Yeah, it been there a
0: long, long time. And, you know, of course, at that time, it was out in the country. There was some <laughs> homes around it. It's in the middle of town now. And she started it with uh, clear across the road, the State Street. And she had tomatoes that she grew inside the greenhouses. Uh-huh. And they were selling tomatoes, and that's how it began. And then it got kind of a little smaller, and they developed into the gardening business, and
2: Well, I knew it had been a staple of Rigby, but I didn't realize that it went back that
0: far. That's pretty cool. It is. So anyway, at that time, Marianne backtracked a little bit and says, well, I got a couple of other people interested, but I just always felt that it would be ours. And so we just proceeded and it was, and little by little, we tried to develop it. Gary had a full-time job. He was a banker, so we could live off his bank job. And so, for the first ten years, all we did was put money back into the greenhouse to try to make it grow. So was that frustrating to you, or is that something you guys had agreed
2: that that's what you wanted to do? You probably had seen this so being a banker, you knew kind of about business,
3: and yeah, I, I, I don't like debt, and so uh, I could see that if well, as long as we were making money and uh, I mean, and putting it back into it, for instance, When we first, the first year we owned it, they had uh, tuba tens and bricks and and cinder blocks up on the roof. It was a fiberglass roof just to hold it on from these Idaho winds.
2: On the nursery or?
3: On on the the greenhouse.
2: Oh yeah, on the greenhouse.
3: And so uh, one of the first things I made up my mind to do is put a new roof on it. And so we put a polycarbonate roof on it, and uh, it's been the same roof there ever since. It's been really a good thing we did.
2: So, Gary, that's what I understand about you, is that although you might have been a banker by trade, you're quite the handyman.
3: I am a handyman.
2: (laughs) And so you've done a lot.
3: I had a part-time job for 22 years, <laughs> and it was almost a full-time job.
2: Yeah, and it probably didn't pay as well as you'd hoped it, it would. It didn't pay very
3: good, but, uh, but I like to work, so it, it worked out fine. And I like challenges, so we, uh, you know, we'd have do one thing one year, and then we eventually, uh, we bought the property, which was just directly east, uh, so that we owned between Anna's Highway and State Street. Okay. There was a little cinder block home on there. Okay. And uh, so anyway. I because w- the
2: entrance used to be on State Street.
3: Right. Oh yes. Right.
2: Way, yeah, I kind of almost remember there was an entrance on that yeah, side. Yeah,
3: there was an entrance, and, mm-hmm. and all there was was the greenhouse. The greenhouse. There. Mm-hmm. And then several years ago, we we built the the show play the show building there, and and that and that's been good. And put the parking lot in, and it's made it kind of a modern business now.
2: Do you feel like that was a draw for people to come in? Because before it was kind of like, is this a business? Or you know, I mean, I don't know if that's how they felt, but it's certainly more welcoming now because you have that showroom. Right,
3: it's a lot more welcoming now than than it was before. Before it was just uh, just a greenhouse in town, you know. Yeah. And, but. And and it didn't accommodate very many cars, mm-hmm. so.
2: And you can pack some cars in there now.
3: Yeah, we can get some. We can get more <laughs> people in there. Yeah. yeah,
2: good, good, good. So talk to me a little bit about how you involved your family. Was your in family was your family involved in this little venture? Did you have a little family during all of this? You know,
0: this actually was perfect timing for us because our youngest son had just gone to college. And so we had nobody there. And so I was able to devote a lot of time to it. And it made it so that uh, because it was that way, none of the kids grew up in the business. I see. You know, like most businesses do have their kids grow up in it. Ours was not that way at all. And so the kids, they would come back. I know our youngest son, Jeremy, worked for us a couple of summers. And then, then we started having grandkids that would come back and work for us and and I think we had four from one of our families in Arizona that, you know, they were delighted to have a job and come up and work for grandma and grandpa. Only they found out that grandma wasn't always a nice grandma. Oh, dang you it. <laughs> you had to reveal you yourself. Really, you really <laughs> had to work. You had yes. to pull your way. And uh, so I think we've had a total of six or seven grandchildren that have worked for us and, and do that. That's why, that's why it was really such a shock When Alan called and said he wanted to come back in the business, he knew that we were contemplating, we were older and we could not do it all. And we had decided to get a realtor and we decided to put it up for sale. And uh, we actually were going to sign a contract. The realtor had come out and given us an appraisal type thing and, and we had the contract ready to go. We were sitting down eating breakfast when the telephone rang. We were going to sign the papers right after breakfast. The telephone rang, and it was Alan from uh, Boulder City, Nevada, saying, Mom, Dad, what do you think about me coming back and running a greenhouse? And we were just flabbergasted. You know, are you kidding? (laughs) This is not something that we would have thought.
2: So, Alan... We need to talk about that. So what was your inspiration? What was it that drew you back to the business?
1: You know, actually it was, I I was working a mining job. We tunneled underneath Lake Mead and there was a second phase to that job. I got hired on the second phase, but they didn't have all their ducks in a row. So they did a mass layoff. Well, I don't know what to do if I'm not working, especially living in the city. So I I talked with Krista and I said, "Hey, I says they say we're going to be laid off for like three weeks." A month before this happened, she told me, "Alan, we're going to be moving back home soon." And I said, "Oh, okay, yeah, right. You know, we're making great money here. That's not (laughs) going to happen." But I called her and I says, "What do you think about this?" And she goes, "Actually, it crossed my mind, but I." Thought to myself, I'm not going to mention it unless it's just your thought process too. So
2: it needed to be your idea. Probably. Yeah,
1: I, I guess that's what she wanted, <laughs> <laughs> but it happened, and the the rest is history. You know, we we moved back home. Mom and dad they they've been here. For, they they said, a, you know, I told them I needed them at least two years, which I definitely need them more than that. They got all the knowledge base. I haven't quite got the love affair with flowers that mom does for sure, but I love to work. Mm -hmm. So there's plenty of work there. Mm -hmm. So it's been a good fit. And I'm just grateful that my kids were still young enough to help, even though I'm down to one left at the house. But I have my oldest boy. He's looking at, you know, making this a part of his career, possibly.
2: Great. That's so good. So do you think that that's because... He saw his grandparents or do you think it was because of your move and now he's been in- introduced to this?
1: You know, I I think it's a little bit of both. I know when when we talked about this as a family in Boulder City before we made the move, I you know, it was part of my thought process to them was, hey, you know, if you guys are interested, I can see this going more than what mom and dad have brought it up to. I hope that landscaping, you know, and and I can't do this without them, you know, somebody you trust. But if if he goes into, you know, some kind of horticultural program and learns how to landscape at a professional level, I can see us moving in a bigger direction, you know, where you know, possibility of a little more financial freedom.
2: Yeah, right. So had you guys ever considered that this would be bigger than what it was for you? Or it, did it go
0: to exactly where you wanted it to as far as the growth for yourselves? Well, you know, it was interesting because people would say, why don't you do something year round on this? And my thought process was, I don't want to. Yeah, I can handle the summer I, <laughs> and the I spring. I want my time. Yeah. And I don't want to have, not have my time too. And uh, so that was, but I knew I knew that it could go somewhere else. There was lots of ideas that could have come about, but I didn't want to do it. But I always figured I had taken it to the level, and Gary and I had taken it to the level that we had it, and somebody else would have to go further mm-hmm. than us.
2: And how fun that that's your son. Yes. Yeah, yes. and the prospect that that could also be your grandchildren. So fun. So tell me a little bit about what you're doing. You, Prudy talked a little bit about the fall and what's happening at Garden Gate Nursery right
1: now. You know, last year we started a boutique. We call it the Fall Festival and the Christmas Boutique at Garden Gate. And we had like 30 different vendors in there. And it's just people, they rent a small spot in there. They bring their homemade items to sell. And then we, of course, have our booth where we sell our stuff we have pumpkins in there and it's it's just a fun atmosphere and it's a way to keep it going maybe a little revenue we're it's not a money maker by all means but it's a way of keeping it going
2: yeah and keep it top of mind that you guys are there and yes yeah. definitely yeah i've had to put in my reminder because talk to me a little bit about what you guys do in the spring and why I would be doing a reminder I guess I should tell everybody is because you plant my pots and when I put them out at Memorial Day everybody thinks that I'm so talented but I have to give the I have to give you guys all the credit. So talk a little bit about that. You you have your boutique and everything happening now to Christmas and then what happens after Christmas?
1: Well, come springtime what we do is we do custom planting where you bring in your containers. And Mom, actually, the way I understand this is she was kind of the forefront runner on this years ago where she ran this, and it was a big-time business. And, of course, the other nurseries picked up on this because they could see what she had done and how successful it was. But we bring, we get your pots, your containers early, and we put them in our greenhouse, and we start them growing. So that way, by the time Idaho's done with its freezing temperatures – and you can put them outside. They're big and beautiful, and you can enjoy them all summer long.
2: Yes, I can testify to that. It's absolutely fantastic to have that little jump start in a nice environment instead of my windy backyard. So they're awesome. So pretty. Talk to me about that. You were the pioneer of doing these pre in these spring
0: plotting things. You know, it, it was kind of interesting. I I actually have a, a degree in business education, office administration. I had taught a couple of years. And I liked the teaching, and I loved the kids, but I didn't want a full-time job. And so I kind of backed off of that, and uh, then I started my dry flower business. Well, in doing that, you in, to stay certified, you have to take classes. Okay. And so I was always taking classes in horticulture. And that kind of things, to learn, you know, plant propagation, etc., just because I loved it. And one of the teachers up there said to me one day, you ought to go down to Springfield, Springfield, Utah, and see what they do. They plant people's containers. Well, nobody around here was doing it at all. So I thought, well, I am. I'm going to go take a look at that because it just seemed to click and think I could do this. And so I did go down there. And the first time I was just awed. I thought, wow, they're just really. And then about. Four or five years later, I took all my employees down there, and we toured it. And I looked at Gary Hainsworth, and I said, "You guys are better than they are now." How cool! Well, <laughs> Zan <Roseanne laughs> Stout and Gary were my main planters, and they really, you know, just it's did amazing work. Yeah, mm-hmm. some wonderful combinations. And uh, then, of course, a few years later, then we lost Gary and. And Roseanne's retired, and, and so we've just kind of kept going with wonderful people that have filled in and, and, and made it work. So it's been a fun thing because it's something you can be creative with. You're using your imagination. You're putting all your colors together, but you do have to know what plants go together. So did
2: you? how did you have the space? Because it seems like planting other people's pots and storing them for a month, I don't know how long that is, at least sometimes six weeks or so you guys have them? Or longer? How did you have the space to put all of that place?
0: Well, we, we didn't to begin with. You know, all we had was that little greenhouse up in Rigby. And that little greenhouse, I just have to tell you a funny story about that, because when we bought this, my dad, he came out to look at it, and he thought we'd gone out of our mind to do that. So one time he came up and he looked around, he looked around, he was trying so hard to say something good, because to him it just looked like an old greenhouse of what <laughs> in the world had we done?
2: With Uh, cinder blocks uh, on
0: the roof. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) And finally he looked at the ditch that ran between the two properties and he says, Wow, that really is a nice cement ditch. (laughs) You know, he's a farmer and he he wanted to see something good and that's what he said. That really is a good cement ditch.
2: (laughs) But you got what he was saying. Like, what are you guys doing?
0: (laughs) But, you know, later he'd come up and come every you know year and look at it and, and just wonder at what we had done with it yeah, and yeah. how it had transformed.
2: Do you have pictures that show all of the things that you've done over the years? Probably not, do we? A few, maybe.
3: To answer your question about these pots, we built two large greenhouses at our home. And so we started uh, growing stuff there and transferring it to Rigby, And as we transferred stuff up, then we would bring, we would plant the pots in the space that was occupied by the plants that we were taking up. Got it. So that's how we were able to grow all these pots and containers for other people.
2: Yeah. And in my experience, I have gone to those, you have two of those greenhouses and I've seen them both full. Is that right? When you guys plant those for the spring? So that's a lot that you guys are doing. Pretty awesome.
0: Talk to me about how that feels to see all those flowers in there. Well, it's actually, I love going out there. I love being out there. I love looking at it. I love examining it because you you develop an eye for, oh, this plant needs this. Something's wrong here. And it's, but I'm also, by the time the end of May comes, I'm definitely ready for them to have a home.
2: (laughs) They ready need to their share own those space, babies. they need
0: their own home, I'm tired of watering, I'm yeah. saying let them go. Yeah,
2: yeah, it is quite a beautiful sight and I'm sure that is something you've been able to enjoy. Even just attending, going to the nursery and looking at it here in Rigby, looking at everything that you guys have there. So Alan, talk to me a little bit about what exactly... In the nursery, what exactly are you selling during your growing season? Are you doing just primarily flowers or do you have vegetables? What exactly are you offering? Yeah, to customers? we
1: offer a wide range of vegetables. We have a, quite a few different varieties of tomatoes. But as well, we have a lot of fun solar things. And we brought in some water fountains this year that were fun and a lot of boutique items in there. And we sell seeds. I mean, it's, it it has a wide variety. I hear a lot of comments from people that we have a lot of different flowers that the other nurseries don't carry. I don't know if that's true or not, but I've heard that commented several times.
2: You haven't been shopping in the other nurseries then no, lately? No. <laughs> <laughs> so what's the plan? Who? I mean, obviously, the, so you've done the two years. This two-year commitment is up?
0: Yes, actually three years is oh. up three
2: years you've had them a little longer yeah, than you'd yeah and
1: luckily they still live close because yes. i still need them
2: so what will be the plan who who will be planting my pots in the spring
1: <laughs> <laughs> you know mom's been working with a lady that's worked for us now this will be this next season will be her third year and she's she's good and she knows what we want and what we expect but you know, I also look at them every day too, and make sure they're up to Garden Gate standards.
2: Yeah, I'm sorry, Alan, but you got a lot to live up to here. So you're gonna have to you have to build some pretty big shoes.
1: It's <laughs> pretty sure. awesome. For sure. So,
2: in, can you give me an idea? So, when you guys are planting these, are you planting them from seed?
1: No, we we do plant some from seed, but we get little plugs that come in, and we just do like. Ten thousand plants will come in, and then we transplant them all into our growing media—the four-inch cups, the six-inch cups, the gallons—and we put them in there. And then we start spreading them all out where they go in the greenhouse, where they tend to thrive best.
2: And then just babying them
1: until they come along.
2: Okay. So about—is that about what you're ordering? It's just fascinating to me. Like ten thousand plants? Are you like how many thousands of plants do you think you're ordering in a
0: season? Mom, I would say at least a hundred thousand, and maybe more. Wow, you know they just add up really fast when you're when they're coming in, and you have to to get them. But it's uh, and each one of them needs a little home, and it kind of goes back to that uh, when I first bought the greenhouse, when I first came up here. I wanted their soil. I wanted something good. And the soil that they gave me was good soil. Mm -hmm. And we've tried to maintain that all the way along so that we have good soil because a plant thrives in good root systems and good soil. Actually, I call it soil, but it's not really soil. It's a soilless mix. (laughs) (laughs) Well, nobody else would know the difference. (laughs) It's dirt. But, (laughs) But, you know, a lot of that dirt comes from Go back even. So, where you know. are you ordering your flowers from? Where do those come from? They come from all over the United States. Okay. We get some out of uh, Maine, as far by, uh, far away as Maine, and that's a, a good supply for us. We get some in Denver, some in uh, Minnesota, some in West, uh, not Wisconsin. Let's see. Uh, Just all over. Yeah, all Sounds over like a, mm-hmm. California, yeah, ca- into Canada. Well, and to Canada. And they're fun. air
3: freighted in. Oh, okay. See, they come in and we, uh, we go to FedEx and pick them up. Uh, and, and they're in boxes that are insulated. I mean, they only have just a couple of days and then they're back planted again.
2: So you guys don't, can't mess around. You got to get right oh, no, on that. We
3: have to go. Yeah.
2: yeah. Fascinating. Thank you for explaining that to me. All right. So tell me a little bit about, I mean, all of you answering this question. What what have been your biggest challenges when you look back over the years that you guys have done it, these, you know, years that you have been involved, what would you say are your, have
0: been your biggest challenges? You know, I, I gave a talk one time at BYU, Idaho, and I was asked that very question. And I said, my biggest assets are my employees mm-hmm. and my biggest problems are my employees. <laughs> Isn't that the truth? And I, I love our employees. They're, you know, they they're what make us. But there is definitely a dynamic there that comes with people. Yeah, right. And and probably
2: especially, it sounds like you've had a lot of your grandchildren and family involved. So then that adds a whole nother level of dynamic. It's like disciplining your grandchildren. And, you know, when they're your employees, I hope all bets are off. They just have to perform. That's just the way it is.
1: Well, I made the statement this year, and you might have to edit this, but I, I won't <laughs> hire family again. Yeah. Just because too much conflict. You you want to be an uncle. You want to be, you know, this particular guy. But when it comes to business, you also got to put on your business hat, and you're paying them an honest wage. You want them to earn that way, honest wage. Right.
2: It's interesting you say that. Kevin says the same thing about our business. We had some experience with family and he's like, you know, it's just we want to stay happy family. So we're just going to keep that separate. Although here we have our son that's going to be taking over the business. Well, so it's a little different. That's when a it's
1: little different. Kid. Yeah. Yes, I agree with you there. <laughs>
0: yeah. Well, we it. had a, a grandson one time that uh, he came and he, he liked to sleep in and he was going to work with Alan. And finally, Alan just says, look at it this way three strikes and you're out. So I tell you, we're, we're all a nervous wreck to make sure that he got there on time.
2: <laughs> Cause Alan really means business. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> all right. Good to know. Good to know. If I ever seek employment, I'll know what you expect of me. Okay. You haven't told me, Alan, what is your biggest challenge in the time that you, you've taken over?
1: You know, my biggest challenge would be employees too. I, I love my employees. And the managers that I have in place do an excellent job, and I couldn't ask any more of them. They're, you know, right up to snuff. But it's the the other employer, employees you have. Most of them don't need to work. It's, it's a hobby for them, you know, they enjoy it. But at the same token, you know, you put out a schedule, you want them to adhere to this schedule, you have a company meeting, you say, okay, you know, this is what it needs to be. Month of May, you need to be open for me. That's our busy. That's where we make our money, from, you know. And it's hard because you don't know what to do. And, you know, in construction, I would get mad at somebody, for instance, or <laughs> tell them what I think. But huh, really? I've got to be a little more gentle and a little yes. more finesse. Yes,
2: this clientele or this, these employees are probably a little softer skinned.
1: De- definitely. Yes, A lot, lot better to work with, though, too. I suspect, <laughs>
2: yes. That's great. All right. So to all of you, now that you've had this experience going into this experience, especially having worked in a uh, private, you've done your own thing. What kind of advice would you give to future business owners? Would you advise them to go into business or would you say, no, stay away? Cause really it's just better to go to work and collect a paycheck. Like what kind of advice would you give to others?
1: Honestly, I think it is a lot easier to go to work and collect a paycheck Mm -hmm. definitely
2: so why do you keep doing it alan what is it
1: there's a certain satisfaction that comes from seeing what you have done and knowing that it's all on your back but yet you know you don't want to let people down either but i i like being able to work all the time so i guess that's one of the benefits yes you know my Cut a little out there, but no, it, it's everybody thinks that hey, you know, you're a business owner, you make a lot of money. People are always coming in; they they want you to give them something, and I I don't think that they realize just how tight the reins are at times, especially where I just purchased this from mom and dad. You know, there's there's a lot riding on this, and it's not like I I have to I work for somebody else. Actually, three, four months out of the year because I need to help my wife with her being a teacher, a school teacher.
2: Right. I think I think you have a good point that people don't really understand. You can make a million dollars a year, but your expenses might also be a million exactly. dollars. So it doesn't really you know, if they only hear that one side of the story, it doesn't really give an accurate picture of all the work that business owners do.
1: Most definitely.
2: So is one of the responsibilities you feel this legacy
1: you know, I, I love the fact that it is a legacy. I love the fact what mom and dad have done with this, especially mom and her talent and creativity. And it's, it amazes me every year as I'm there, just how much thought process she put into it, you know, cause there's a lot there and it's, I, I never would have, you know, considered buying this, but here I am and the thought came. And now that I see what she do, what she has done, i'm I'm proud to be, you know, a second generation owner of the company. And I do hope my children follow, or at least one of them.
2: yeah, I think that uh, I appreciate you saying that because I think I took for granted even even as we have owned the business, really took for granted exactly the legacy that we have. And now I just feel so privileged to be able to continue that and Hopefully not make the third generation in our case be the one that you know closes the business. So you can you know we'll leave that to the fourth generation. <laughs> Definitely. Let's hope not. <laughs> Let's hope not.
3: But there's also a factor I think of having your business. It's, it's a freedom thing. You 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 schedule your own schedule. Somebody else hasn't written the schedule for you. Uh, if you make good decisions, you can make some money. You know. Yeah. And uh, you can go to trade shows and find out that uh, you have tax, op- tax write-off opportunities. There, there's a lot of perks that go with a business. And even though the bottom line may not show all that you wanted to, there are perks that have come along that, that still make it rewarding to, to do it. Yeah. A- and this freedom thing is a, is a big thing, especially in today's world.
0: Yeah, that's for sure. And you know, one of those perks is, oh gosh, I have to have flowers in my yard. I have to have a nice yard. Exactly. So it looks good. You're the example. I have to, yes. <laughs> and so therefore, I have lots of things that maybe I wouldn't have had otherwise. But it is delightful to be able to have them.
2: I appreciate that because as you tried stuff out, then you put it in your store
0: and then I came and buy it. So. Yes. <laughs> and, we, and we actually just bring in, anytime we bring something new in, We only bring a little bit of it in to see if it goes. And I do trial it out in my yard. Yeah. And if it doesn't go and I don't like it, it doesn't come back. Yeah. Yeah, that's great. All right.
2: So especially for you, Alan, I don't know if this is where you're at, but have you had any doubts in the decision that you've made? And if you have, how do you overcome those feelings of doubts?
1: You you know, I, I definitely have had doubts and before the papers were signed dad and mom both said are you sure you want to do this are you sure that's and you know at that point when they asked me i thought well i'm already committed you know but then i i stepped back and i took another look i talked to my wife about it and you know we love idaho we love being home we just move forward with it. And, you know, I personally feel like that if you work hard enough, it'll, it'll all be okay.
2: Yeah. I think you just have to have faith.
1: Faith. Definitely.
2: Realize the why. Um, Maybe you don't remember the why that you made this decision, but maybe your wife does. And she reminds you, I don't know.
1: (laughs) You know, that's another thing I just want to bring up is where she's a school teacher, she's in there, you know, as soon as school's out, she's in there all the time. But, you know, even on weekends and things, she's helping out with all aspects as well. And I couldn't do it without her for sure.
2: you got a good partner.
1: Definitely. Yeah,
2: that's fantastic. Okay, so I think we kind of have an idea about what the future for Garden Gate is. But as we're moving into, is there anything new for next summer that we should be looking forward to?
1: Well, I, I did buy a backhoe and I... You know, who knows where that will go, but I have advertised it on Garden Gate, had a couple of little jobs with it, but we'll see where, you know, the landscaping end goes. And we're just going to keep moving forward and trying to find, you know, things that the public, that our customers want and that we can provide. So
2: just elaborate on that a little bit, because I know for ourselves, we actually had you guys deliver some bark to our home and you came, spread it. And so is that a service? I don't know if you guys had that and I just didn't realize, but that's something that you've added, right? Yes,
1: it, it is. There's where I still have a, a young teenager. He's a senior this year, but he's been awesome help since I've you know been involved with the Garden Gate Nursery. And we're, there are good people that I trust to leave up there. It's nice to be able to go out and work in people's yard. I enjoy that. And we do spread bark. We deliver it. And we're hoping to add a full-service landscaping here in the next few years. Okay. But until then, it's going to be a gradual step, baby steps.
2: Well, we'll look forward to that. I hope that you guys realize the beauty that you have brought, I know, to my life, to our neighbors, um, and to all of Rigby and the surrounding areas, because you really have improved a lot of people's lives just with that beauty and that talent. I was going to ask you, Purdy, about your creativity when you talked about that. It really is kind of a talent to be able to put those flowers together. And you've been very meticulous about telling me, and I don't think I'm a very good student because I just want to see what the end result
0: looks like. But you're very particular about how you put that together. Yes, you have to be. You can't uh, grow shade plants and sun plants in the same area. Which is why I bring them to you. Because they're they're just plans
2: to me. I'm sorry. You do a great job. Okay, anything else? Alan, why don't you remind us where you guys are located and how to get a hold of you? We're
1: at 465 Annis Highway, and my cell phone, which is on our answering machine, is area code 208-270-6079.
2: And then you also have a Facebook page?
1: Yeah, we have a Facebook I don't take care of that personally, but... <laughs> you believe we, that there's a Facebook yes, page Yes, we do out have <laughs> a Facebook page, and we, we have a website as well.
2: We'll put the link, we will definitely put the link in the show notes so that you all can get a hold of these guys for sure. Well, it really does sound exciting what you have planned, Alan, and I just can't thank you all enough for coming and visiting with me tonight. Thank you so much. I'm looking forward to filling my baskets with gifts for Christmas coming over to the boutique that you have open now and thank you so much for coming to the show and sharing your story with us just like i said i'm looking forward to seeing east idaho a little bit more beautiful because of your hard work and i'll be sure to put that reminder in my phone to get my baskets to you in the spring So,
1: thank you renee thanks. You're, you're one of our favorite customers for sure
2: <laughs> well thanks for doing me this favor it's been great to talk oh, to you thank guys.
1: you is there a person or business you would like to hear from next
0: Send your suggestions to rene.oswaldserve at outlook.com. Until the next time, if you enjoyed the show and feel that the content was of service to you, please consider leaving a review and subscribe not to miss the next episode.